You're listening to The Middle, the show about the Australia-China connection. We're bringing greater balance and broad expertise to all aspects of the Australia-China relationship. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Middle, the show about Australia's relationship with China, coming to you from 2SER in Sydney on Gadigal lands of the Eora Nation, right across Australia on the Community Radio Network and directly to your device across the globe via podcast. My name is Peter Frey and my co-host is Warning Sun. And our producer today is the wonderful person that is Caitlin McHugh. Warning and I come to you from the University of Technology, Sydney. The middle is inspired by the simple desire to shed more light than heat on Australia-China relations. To do that, every week we explore one aspect of the relationship with two subject area experts. And if you'd like to catch up on previous episodes in either English or Mandarin, please go to themiddleau.com. You can even see what we look like if that takes your fancy. I'll hand over to you, Walling, to tell us more about this week's topic and this week's guest. Well, this week's topic is very special. We're going to talk about humor. Now, you may ask, what's humor got anything to do, had anything to do with Australian-China relations? Mm -hmm. Surely it's a no laughing matter. Are we being too flippant about a very serious issue? Well, hopefully by the end of this conversation, you should be able to make up your own mind. Now, let me introduce our two guests today, both of them in the studio. Professor Jocelyn Che was the founding director of Australia-China Institute for Arts and Culture at Western Sydney University. And she's also the visiting professor at the Sydney University. Now, Jocelyn was previously Australia Council General to Hong Kong. Oh, no laughing matter that, eh? No, but no. Jocelyn has done oh. something also very interesting. Well, She's well, actually some laughs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Together with uh, her colleague, uh, edited and published a book, actually two volumes, Humor in Chinese Life and Letters, Classical and Traditional Approaches. Ooh. The other guest is Jennifer Wong. She's not only an expert on humor, she's a practitioner as well. She's a writer <laughs> and presenter of ABC's iView Bookish. And she's a creator and a host of very uh, many shows. Mm. We start with you, Jocelyn. What would you say are some of the main differences between Chinese humor and Australia humor? Yes, well, you've asked about you know, whether there is such a thing as national humor. And I have to start by saying no. There isn't. So that's the end of the conversation. So thank you for this week's edition of The Middle. It was short and to the point. Not only funny, you're very succinct. (laughs) Well, but you see, humor is uh, an an instinct. You can see even babies, before they learn how to talk, they know how to laugh. Mm. And even great apes can laugh. Human is something which is common, found in all cultures. What is different are the rules about using humor, what can be the subject of humor, mm. who you can joke with, about what, when, uh, and what the consequences would be of using it inappropriately. Uh, so some of these are what we call framing humor, and the framing is very important. Humor studies is a fairly new cross-disciplinary Um, area of scholarship, only been around for about a hundred years. And it's been sort of taken over by the psychologists. Ah. Yes. So that's not very funny. What Um, (laughs) would they know? (laughs) 
But uh, you can also find people who are from literary background or sociology background or even, say, psychiatry and medical sciences, education people, mm. um, in advertising, in the media, you know, there are all kinds of aspects of humor studies. And I don't want to bore you by giving you too much about it, but let's just say because we're going to be focusing on the use of humor, mm. we, you can distinguish several different usages. Uh, for instance, humor can be used in a deprecating sort of way, making jokes about yourself. Or humor can be used aggressively, mm. making jokes against somebody else. So, you know, we might joke about um, the New Zealanders, let us say, just to take an example out. Just a wild guess. Wild. Yeah, wild guess. <laughs> um, or it can be used as a kind of superiority oh. reinstatement, you know. So putting other people down. Uh, but not necessarily aggressively. It's more about building yourself and your group up. And that's very common in what we call sort of in-jokes. You know, you and I now nod, nod, wink, wink. You know what I mean when I say that sort of thing. And finally, I'm sure we'll get round to this. This happens when you're one group of people talking to another group of people. You can have a sort of unintentional humor that comes mm. out of misunderstandings or misinterpretations and of course there's a, a great deal of that goes on in the international relations too <laughs> <laughs> possibly all of it yeah. but, um, okay Jennifer yes why are you into comedy why, why? did you get into oh. comedy I guess it's like why asking people why they um Became a psychiatrist, perhaps. <laughs> no, it's, oh. it's almost like asking, why didn't you get into law or medicine? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> in That's my right. case, I just landed. Uh, I just landed in comedy. I um, I think my my story is not that unique in Australian comedy, in that you start doing a comedy competition called Raw Comedy, which is run by the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and from there, it's a it's a national comedy festival that kind of tries to unearth new people every year and so that's how I got my start but I guess the reason for starting is not so um, interesting as the reason for continuing and I'd have to say the reason for continuing is a lack of other options Peter. <laughs> Good enough reason but did you wake up one day when you were like eight and go gee I'm funny? No I did not but what I did do when I was little was I read a lot of joke books um. and my dad would always because I was brought up in a Cantonese speaking household would always be telling me the difference between words you know in in mandarin we might say yin bu tong zi, the, the the word is uh, sounds the same but it's different meaning or the word sounds different but it has the same meaning or the word you know what i'm saying you know there's lots of homonyms and all that kind of thing so we were always laughing like jocelyn was saying about the mistakes mm -hmm. that uh, the the, the misconstrued um, meanings of, of different words and things like that so i think i i came from a family that was very much into punning mm -hmm. um based on the many different sounds and same sounds in english and chinese and then it just happened yeah. It just happened. It just yeah. happened. And that, that <laughs> must be quite uh, challenging to translate the funniness of that um, from your household to, an, for instance, an English-speaking only audience. Uh, so who do you normally uh, uh, tell jokes to? Uh, when I tell jokes, it's um, it depends. So, for example, if it's at a comedy festival and it's my own show, then mm. the people who are coming to that show are very different, for example, for, from the people who, if you're performing at the local pub, for example. So the, the mix of people is very different. Mm. You know, at the comedy festival, you might find people who are very much interested in seeing 
a woman perform, so they've purposely bought a ticket to see a female performer. Whereas in a more mixed environment, you could have people, for example, um, the comedy festival has a road show that goes to regional areas. And in a regional town, when you're performing, that could be the whole town has come out for the night and they don't know who's going to be there. They've just come for for comedy for a good night out. So the audiences are very different. And I think the thing that you've touched on about how do you talk about something that's so seemingly foreign to an audience that's a wide audience is like I assume in um, diplomatic relations is you're always trying to find the common ground. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to find the thing that you have in common as a basis to start that conversation and sometimes that can be a reference that is very easy for example if you're this is a very bad example but if you're talking about a a food item for example if you refer to a food that's like a spring roll that requires very little uh, in the way of description to get into because culturally everyone is familiar with that if you were for example to talk about a, a fragrant eggplant spiced hot pot for whatever reason then that might take a little bit more time to get into because you've got to explain why you're talking about that particular pot, why you're talking about the ingredients in that pot. So it's it's a kind of a shorthand versus a very detailed explanation. Framing is, as I said, you know, and mm. a very important part. And one of the things that I note about, you know, you, you performing at a festival or on a road show is that people come in, they expect to be amused exactly. and they're ready to yep. laugh. And hopefully they're uh, positive. Yes, <laughs> they haven't come it all to, works, to throw it. things, throw tomatoes at you. No, um, free food. And though. so the, there are other places <laughs> when, when um, you know, that's expected that mm. it will be, for instance, something that's become probably the biggest event in the Chinese cultural calendar is the. New Year's Eve concert, mm. you know, and people expect that there will be lots of laughter and lots of jokes of that, so they're ready to yep. appreciate and enjoy it and relax. And in fact, beginning the new year with jokes and with humor is regarded as a good way to start the year off. Yeah. Yeah, that also makes it a bit hard for the comedians because the people's expectations are so high. So if you actually tell a joke that's half only half funny, then then people won't find it funny, and then that's that's a comedian's nightmare, isn't it? It is. I think a comedian is someone who, when they're little, they're afraid that people will laugh at them, and when they're older, they're afraid that no one will laugh at them. So it is quite. So dire. what's the crossover point? <laughs> I think it's called puberty. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question, of you, yes. Jocelyn? Which is, um, uh, and again, perception. We've we've done a show recently on perception, and one of the perceptions, rightly or wrongly, I suspect wrongly, is the idea that. Um, uh, Chinese people aren't that funny. Well, I don't think that's um, typical of everybody. In fact, I can remember um, one of my very first jobs when I went to work in the Commonwealth Public Service that was actually working for what was then the separate Department of Trade. Mm-hmm. And I accompanied the first Chinese government minister to visit Australia. So he was welcomed to Victoria by the then uh, Victorian Minister for Agriculture, I think, uh, and I, I was had to interpret his speech. And the minister stood up and said, I'm very pleased to mel- welcome Mr. Minister Wang here this afternoon because I've always felt that Australia and China have got a lot in common. All like dumplings, we all gamble, and we like a joke. <laughs> This, went, I, this went down like a lead balloon. Yeah. 
So he felt that we, the, the sense of humour was was something that we had in common. I think part of the misunderstanding, you know, the concept that Chinese people are are not funny is partly because of language. Mm. Um, problems. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you can't understand a pun, or it's very difficult to understand a, a pun. Um, very hard to translate it. Or you don't know whether it's an appropriate time to to make a joke or to to mm. respond that's to a joke. Cultural gap. Yeah, that, that's a cultural gap. People mm. are unsure of just how they stand vis-a-vis the people that they're talking to. So these are. Mm. Yeah. This is difficulty. Yeah. Can I tell my the only Cantonese joke that I Cantonese know? Cantonese, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> As Jennifer's here. Yes. This yeah. is a joke about Sydney, right? Okay. Um, and we're here just in, on the edge of Chinatown. Uh, and there, as you know, there are a lot of um, uh, streets. You can only drive down this way and you can only go around that way. And it, it, it's easy to get lost in it. So the story is, this is what I heard. It was a true story, but who knows if it was, was that there was a Chinese driver who was turned the wrong way into the street and he was looking for somewhere to park and a helpful bystander called out to him and said, hey, one way. And the Chinese driver drove him down his window and said, hai la, hai la, hai one way la. <laughs> <laughs> Which one way meaning in Cantonese looking for a park. I am. Yes, you're quite right. I'm looking for a park one way. There you go. Well, I can, pr- I can okay. vouch for the fact that that is a quality joke. That's a quality joke. <laughs> because Jennifer laughed. You, yeah, you could use that. I could you see use that. material could use here. That. See, we were talking before about whether or not Chinese people are funny, and I, mm. I would like any person who believes that Chinese people are not funny to walk into a Chinese restaurant on a Sunday afternoon when it's lunchtime and just to hear the raucous amount of laughter. Like when we say, you know, Chinese people aren't funny, we have to kind of say who is believing that and what <laughs> contact have they had mm, with Chinese mm. people. You know, China's uh, film industry, you know, many of these are comedies. They're probably some of the best-selling yeah. comedies in the world based on the numbers, sure. that kind of thing. I, um, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, that's, I guess, and, and maybe, you know, I'm guessing, as I say, but it may be uh, to... Not Justin's point, I suppose, that the humour doesn't translate, which doesn't mean Chinese people aren't funny. That's exactly right. So you could also say that French humour doesn't translate into English humour and English humour perhaps won't translate into German well, humour. you don't but have to go you, as far as that. I mean, try making a joke with an American. Yes, you know? or, or northern Chinese <laughs> Or humor. understanding Vers- American jokes. Yeah, I mean, and, and you think they speak the same language. <laughs> I, Jennifer, I've been... Um, watching you on the uh, YouTube and you're hilarious. Oh, thank you. Um, But I also think that uh, your joke have some very serious themes, actually. You know, themes such as bigotry or racism, you know. I like to keep it light, Wanning. But but your jokes actually are a very good example that actually a lot of uh, prejudices can be uh, sort of talked about uh, through jokes and it can be um, resolved, if you like, cross-cultural differences can be resolved Mm. through through jokes. I don't know if do the resol- I don't know if the resolution necessarily can come. I think the mm-hmm. the attempt to uh, bring certain things to the table of conversation might be there, but I think it might be a little bit far to to think that perhaps just by joking to expect the joke we can have the resolution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what's nice is that um, eventually you can 
maybe bring up some topics that perhaps people in the audience may not have expected to um, encounter when they went to a comedy night, not to shove anything down anyone's throat, but just to gently kind of, you know, pose some questions about other ways that we can think about things that perhaps aren't um, in the media or aren't at the top of mind. And one of the things that you talk about, and I resonate a lot, is um, the kind of question that you and I get, you know, what kind of Chinese are you? So (laughs) it sounds like this provides a lot of fodder for your jokes. Some varieties or something. I guess I'm the kind of Chinese that's been to the Great Wall but has never built one. That is uh, that is the kind of Chinese that I am. Yes. Do you how how do you respond when people ask you what kind of Chinese are you? Well, I always find that they actually uh, tend to have very smart sort of uh, a, a response after that person has left, and I feel damn, I should have said this and should have said that. Yeah. But so when people put me in a spot, I usually just feel oh, that's. Really well, what actually is that a question asking? What sort of Chinese are you? What are they trying to solicit? I are they whether you are from mainland China oh, or you're Cantonese speaking oh, or Australian-born Chinese? Mm. Uh, you know yeah. that kind of. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think when what you two are talking about is an uh, illustration of of the fact that um, jokes um, can engage on with serious topics, mm. um, but they are not a good way of actually making a serious point, and they are certainly not a way of inciting hatred or racism mm. or indignation. Uh, they're more a way of dealing with... I mean, the, the, one of the essentials of humour is that you try and break the rules. Mm. Uh, you try and go a bit farther than most people will allow on certain taboo subjects like race, like religion, like death, like politics, whatever. Uh, that can be v- Politics can be very dangerous if you're in a totalitarian mm. state. But the risk, of course, it's always risky. Good humour is always risky. Mm. The risk is that you may offend some people in mm. the audience. So just to go into mm. politics, mm. so not that long ago, in our, very much in our living memory, uh, we had a Prime Minister who could speak, Mandarin, um, Kevin Rudd. So what did you think of the humour of Kevin Rudd, Jocelyn? Ponderous. Ponderous. <laughs> <laughs> and do you in think one he, word. Do you think he ever used it um, to further diplomatic relations no, with China in a positive way? I, I th- Putting you on the spot a little I bit. I don't think... Um, my general advice to to people who want to make speeches, whether in English or in Chinese, is don't try to make a joke because it's risky. Uh, and you're more likely to be misunderstood um, or the, and the joke will fall flat and so on. Yeah, well, Kevin yeah. had a couple of those. Yes, yes indeed. Oh, well, yeah, he did try, though. And he maybe did try, he didn't yes. take your advice. I don't um, think they use enough slapstick humour, is my. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just more a, banana? A bit of physical, yeah, yeah. trip on a banana, yeah, something banana. easy to understand. Yeah. I, I can, uh, can I come home with another story? <laughs> yes, of course. Which is pr- probably one another of, of unintentional humour. Okay. And this is about our, our dear late departed Doug Anthony, former minister, mm-hmm. um, visited China for the first time. Uh, and I actually was there on this occasion, so I can vouch for this story. Uh, so he was in, um, had a meeting with the vice premier in the Great Hall of the People. And when they had sat down, the guys, vice premier said to him, um, our minister, uh, and, uh, what is your impression of China? And he, Anthony, who had only arrived that morning, said, well... He said, uh, I have to tell you, what I've seen so far is not very much, but it certainly whet my appetite. 
And the vice minister immediately called for food to be brought. Dumplings, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hope. <laughs> the great can. Australian Chinese. <laughs> <Dumpling> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it possible for uh, do Chinese people tell jokes about politicians? Oh yes, yeah, 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 do yeah, they tell yes. jokes about the at president the, at the risk of getting in yeah. trouble? Right. Yes, there was a famous case just um, a couple of years ago of a of a TV comedian called Bi Fujian who um, was uh, having dinner in a private room in a restaurant with some of his friends, and he did a very funny. Um, impersonating Mao Zedong and imperson you know he could do more than one character uh, and in a peaking opera with the words changed so he really was making fun of of current politicians and he would have you know they were rolling his friends were rolling about with laughter at his performance which was quite impressive I've seen a little bit of it you can find it on on uh, YouTube I think but uh, unfortunately the restaurant staff also were enjoying it and secretly filming it through a crack in the door or something or other, and that video got out and that that was the end of his career. What happened to him? I, he's disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's no longer a celebrity. Mm. Yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> no, that's no. not funny at all. But mm. when you ask if people make jokes about politicians, I mean, you only have to look online to see all the different memes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's, you know, the wordplay, the memes, the people on Twitter, they're sh- you know, mm. sharing pictures of, you know, certain leaders that look like Winnie the Pooh. There's yeah. all mm. kinds of instances of people, you know, making fun. Exactly. But the idea is that they're doing it in a way that perhaps doesn't identify them or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that you turn on their equivalent of the ABC at night and watch, you know, Wednesday Night Humour. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. So you say you're a quiet person. I think I am, yes. Really? So is this not just a sort of playing to that sort of stereotypical... Ooh, the idea Chinese that Chinese thing. people are quiet. Or quiet and well, see, subservient. The, my, my quietness, uh, I wouldn't say I'm subservient, but my no, quietness... I wouldn't say that at all, by the way. <laughs> I, I wrote it, expunge any she idea that you quite clearly. Yes, clearly not. <laughs> um, I think my quietness comes from the fact that I'm a very indoors person, and that came from a childhood of having a lot of allergies and skin conditions and things like that. So I mm. sat by myself a lot reading books. That's where my quietness comes from, I think. I think the idea... I'm very interested in the idea that people think that Chinese people are quiet because I think we can and are capable of being as raucous oh. and as loud as, as at any, you yeah. know, if you just watch them at the airport. <laughs> or a warning. Or I mean, at, warning at a is restaurant or that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think uh, in, a, in Australia, our understanding of what a Chinese person is, what an Asian person is, is very, very much limited. Um, it's a very, quite a narrow view. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that gives you a lot to work with as a comic, though, right? Mm. It does. If you say that, though, it kind of makes it sound like I'm on a crusade of some sorts to um, to change people's ideas. And you would never want a comic to actually come out and say, hello, I'm here to change your mind. But I think you are offering something to kind of say, hey, have you considered this? Mm. Yeah, mm. I think that's as gently as I would put it. Stereotypes and jokes should be considered separately. Mm. Jokes that are simply stereotypes are not jokes. A joke is very personal and very ambiguous. The mm-hmm. very nature of a joke, very the humour in it is, you know, you could take it this way or you could take it that way, whereas a stereotype is, you know, yep. this is a, a set, a fixed um, opinion. So let's not confuse the two. Mm. Um, perhaps going back to what you were saying about, you know, people using humour when they are 
in a, dip, in a diplomatic mission or visiting a country and so on, it is people also tend to confuse jokes and wit. Mm. And wit is like saying something, thinking very fast, thinking off the top of your head and Ooh. coming out with a clever saying. Uh, it may be funny, mm-hmm. um, but it's different from a joke. A joke is usually like has a formula. It's got a beginning. It's got a middle. It's got a punchline at the end. You know, all wit is some actually something which has been very much admired in Chinese culture from the very earliest days. So, you know, one well, of the witty. ancient classical books called the Book of History that actually has a series of biographies of people who were regarded as huaji, famous witty people. Mm, uh, mm. And they deserved a sort of biography just by they're being witty and clever in what they said. When you talk about wit, mm. reminds me of what you said about xie hou yu. Mm. And I just I was trying to work that question into the script, but I just thought <laughs> it's going to be too hard. But I would like to to give you the chance to explain to English speaking audience how that works in the Chinese context yeah, because well, it's so funny. Yeah, it works well. Xie hou yu is a, is a type of proverb that you find in Chinese culture including Cantonese and and local variations, and also in Tibetan and some other East Asian, but not in all cultures. And the closest thing in English is um, Cockney humour, you know, where you use a rhyming word like um, my mate, my china plate Mm -hmm. means my mate. And that Cockney slang was developed as a way of communicating between pickpockets and, and you know, street gangs because it was secret language that the police and other people didn't understand. And xiehoyu, in a way, has got the same function. It, what happens with the xiehoyu is you say the first part of the proverb and people who know the proverb know what the second part is, but you don't actually say it. So it's, it's an in what I was talking about in humor it can be used to share you know sort of you and I we understand that you know um you know what we are running out of time are we I know it's ridiculous I know I know well but you know the one Jennifer's joke exactly thank you Jocelyn so much build up I feel like there's a kind of a audio drum roll going on here okay have you heard me had the cogs turning in my head yeah I heard them I heard them I'm going to share a very short joke this is one of the very first jokes that I wrote and it's it's kind of to do with China so I thought it would be appropriate so they found the world's oldest noodles in in China, and uh, it turns out that these noodles were about five thousand years old, right? Which is a very long time for noodles to be around. And uh, the wonderful thing about this is that it puts to rest that old question of who it was that invented noodles. You know, was it the Italians? Did the Italians do it? Did the Chinese do it? So now we know that the Chinese absolutely did invent noodles and the Italians copied and made spaghetti which is okay because the Italians make designer handbags and we copy and make dolce and carbonara so we what do we have what haven't we asked well, I think we've got room for one short yeah. question okay I think one like quick to question Jocelyn question as a former diplomat how can this uh, cross-cultural or intercultural understanding or awareness of humor uh, help diplomacy it helps to lighten the atmosphere uh-huh. yes so if you can, you know, if you use it and use it well, that's certainly a good thing to do. 
Uh, what you have to beware, you have to get the interpreter on side or be able to <laughs> interpret it yourself. Because on my very first trip to China, um, I was traveling with a university delegation and the Professor Connell said, I'm going to tell a joke at the farewell <laughs> dinner. And I've discussed it with the interpreter and he assures me that he can translate a it. Premeditated joke. So, so this is the importance of the interpreter that's right. critical. Because it was a Dad and Dave joke. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, God. So it's I'm hard. not going to tell you the whole Dad and Dave story because mm. they are oh, I'm sure shaggy dog stories. Yes. But yes. The, the upshot was that they'd just got the phone connected to their farm and the phone rang. Dad went to answer it. He came back and sat down on the veranda with Dave. Dave said, well, Dad? He said, I don't know, Dave, it was some Sheila. She said, this is a long distance from Sydney. And I said, yes. (laughs) 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 And and what happened? When so the the interpreter translated <laughs> oh it all. Oh God! I'm so sorry. And when he got to the punt, to the last line, he said, "She said your farm is a very long way away from Sydney." <laughs> <laughs> and there was silence. So then the interpreter said, "This is a famous Australian joke. Will you all please laugh?" <laughs> and they laughed. <laughs> What a fabulous, uh, yeah. I do fear that this is all we have time for. This week on on The Middle, we should uh, thank our wonderful guests. Oh, maybe we can uh, encourage our listeners to jump on the uh, YouTube and find out Jennifer Wong. Oh, absolutely. Jennifer Wong, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Wanning. Thank Thank you. Jocelyn, and it's Chang. been fun. It's Thank been you. fun. Thank you so much. Um, you can find previous episodes of The Middle uh, on themiddleau.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts um, anywhere in the world. And until next time, it's goodbye from me, Peter Frey. And goodbye from me, Wan Sang. Thank you. Thank you.